I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, October 3rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, there was an interesting stat that was released. 32% increase, it's been a 32% increase in retirements in the year ending August, 2022, compared to the year before. It's roughly 72,000 people per a new survey from the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. That's right, Brett, and healthcare, construction, retail and education saw the most people leave their job. Brett, can you blame them? I, I really can't. If you look at those four industries in particular, They've gone through a lot over the past few years. And so I think it makes a lot of sense that after kind of going through all of the pandemic, you probably want to call it quits. They did their job and I think they probably deserve the, the retirement. I think it's great that there are still people working in healthcare, construction, retail, education. So that, that, that I'm putting a positive spin on it that not all of them retired during this very challenging time. Yeah, actually, that's a good point too. <laughs> so kudos to the people still working in healthcare, construction, retail, and education. Brett, aside from that, what do we have for Peak Calls today? For our first story, get your next loan from the post office. For our second story, Elon's text messages. And for our last story, there's layoffs at Meta. For our first story, the next time you need to drop off a package, would you consider also applying for a loan? Well, at least you'll now have an option to do that. Brett, how do I apply for a loan at my local post office? So let me explain. Canada Post has expanded its My Money loan program in partnership with TD Bank to locations across Canada. They offer loans between $1,000 and $30,000 with approval in as little as 10 minutes. That's actually probably shorter than the line you'll encounter at Canada Post when you go there. But Canada Post launched a pilot for the program last year at select locations in Ontario, Manitoba, and Nova Scotia. Now, it's happening because many rural, remote, Indigenous communities, they don't have easy access to traditional financial institutions like banks, which provide most of the loans in Canada. But Canada Post locations, well, they're everywhere. Yeah, and here's some background on that. There are about 5,780 bank locations across Canada. They are highly concentrated, though, in urban areas. Now, compare that to the over 6,000 evenly distributed Canada Post locations. The loans could also be an attractive option for people who don't want to deal with the fuss of getting a loan from a big bank, which can come with long approval times and lots of paperwork. Plus, banking offers Canada Post another revenue stream. Now, despite being a crown corporation, our postal service is still expected to turn a profit. It all comes back to that bottom line, Jay. The decline in snail mail has made that more difficult. Canada Post last earned a profit in 2012 and has lost a staggering $1.27 billion over the past two years. Yes. But these loans aren't, they're not great, Brett. They come with interest rates comparable to many credit cards and could end up trapping more people in debt cycles. They are, however, better than payday lenders, which typically charge exorbitant interest rates up to 500% annual percentage rate in some cases and some surprise fees. To zoom out, are you going to zoom out? There you go. Postal banking, in which a postal service also offers basic financial services, isn't a new concept. Canada operated the Post Office Savings Bank until 1969, and it's a common practice throughout Europe and Asia, but this lending program is only a very minor step in that direction. For our second story, text messages made public as part of Elon Musk's court filing with Twitter, along with being highly entertaining, shed insight into his early motivations for buying the business and show how Silicon Valley heavyweights rallied to his cause. Now, Jay, I know we're going to do our usual great job at giving a quick, fun summary of this story, but I really do suggest to Peak Pals that they should just download the PDF and read through it. It is quite entertaining. But for those who don't have the time, Jay, what's the summary here? So 
the until now private communications are a window into how quickly and casually billion dollar deals get done between the world's wealthiest people. Yeah, well, here's a couple of examples. So early in the process, an advisor to FTX co-founder, Sam Bankman Fried, SBF, says the crypto billionaire could ship in to Musk's to back Musk's bid about one to three billion. This is by the way, quote unquote what they said. Oh, I want to read it. One to three billion would be easy. And three to eight billion, I could do the advisor tax. I could not do that, Brett. So the next time you text me for money, I cannot do that. Just FYI. Several weeks later, Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison offers to invest, quote unquote, a billion or whatever you recommend. He ended up coming in for two, Jay. So that was the recommendation. The text also revealed how the relationship between Musk and Twitter CEO Parag Agarwal deteriorated over a matter of weeks, leading to Musk trying to take the company private before ultimately bailing on the deal. In one exchange, Agarwal chides Musk for tweeting, is Twitter dying? To which Musk responds, what did you get done this week? I'm not joining the board. This is a waste of time. Now, other big names also make fun guest appearances in Elon's text messages. Joe Rogan asks, are you going to liberate Twitter from the censorship happy mob? Gail King, TV personality and Oprah confidant, praises Elon's test to take over bid as a quote unquote Gangsta move. <laughs> Gail King saying gangsta move. Jason Kalakanis, investor and podcaster, wrote, put me in the game, coach. Twitter CEO is my dream job. Brett, the bottom line here is the texts show that Musk appeared to genuinely believe that bots are a big problem for the platform, the main issue he cited for backing out of the deal. But his takeover bid didn't include any conditions around bots and spam accounts, so it's not likely to do much for his case. For our last story, for the first time ever, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, plans to reduce its headcount and cut budgets across most teams. Here's why that matters, Kate. The move to downsize marks a clear break from nearly two decades of yearly growth for Meta as new competitors like TikTok cut into the company's advertising business. Meta's stock price has fallen almost 60% since the start of the year as its advertising business slows down. Now, another source of worries for investors, TikTok's users are spending 10 times more hours on the platform than Instagram Reels users, raising questions about the future of Meta's social media platforms. For what's next, Meta is trying to grow and monetize Instagram Reels to keep its ad business competitive, but the company is really staking the future of its business on the Metaverse. I'll see you there. That could be a home run if the concept lives up to the hype, but it's a risky gamble for investments to make right now as the company's losses may pile up. Pete Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dill Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Brett. Brett, have a great week. Yeah, you too, Jay.